Hello and welcome to the latest Flash Forward Consulting podcast. We'll go straight into the news and I think probably the one thing I was really surprised to read in the latest uh, bit of press that's come out is uh, Kevin O'Connor has left Arriva. Well yeah, well, he's, he's, he's leaving in, in September but yeah, I got a text about that uh, a few weeks ago and um, I was really disappointed. I really like Kevin. Um, it's no secret, I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think he's brought a lot of commercial innovation to the industry. I think that he has challenged a lot of assumptions. I think he's got the bus industry to look uh, a bit more outwardly. I think he's not been afraid to ruffle a few people's feathers. And I know he's very hugely respected with the powers to be, both in Arriva and within the industry. And I'm actually really disappointed because the industry needs to keep young people like Kevin. I don't know how old he is, but I think he's only about 40. Um, and uh, he used to stack shelves in my uh, old local Waitrose, so uh, a meteoric rise. Wow. But he's proven himself. Yeah, and he was someone who came to Arriva from outside the bus yeah, industry. Yeah, G4S he was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I presume he's probably moving on, probably because he got fed up with <laughs> some of the challenges we face. Well, I, 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 it's difficult to tell whether he, whether, whether he has or he hasn't. I'm, I'm going out for a, a beer with him in a few weeks, so I'll, I'll try and get the gossip. But... Uh, one thing I always found about Kevin, he was always very quick to talk about the challenge of the in, in the industry, but not in a sort of ah, oh, isn't it hard? And we will never, we'll never do it. But in a, we're going to fix this, we're going to sort this mode. And he always had his finger on the pulse. So if you talk to a lot of people in the industry, the first thing they talk about is sort of congestion and the operation. Mm. Um, you know, he'll always talk about the demographics, the future customer, the future products. Always keen to talk about products and services for customers rather than. In sort of more sort of traditional, this is the operation and the customers. We can you can match yourself around the organisation, the operation. You know, look at what he did in setting up the 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 Arriva Click in Kent, which has now moved on to other parts of the country. Yeah. So, did he get fed up or not? Oh, I maybe you know maybe he thought, is this an industry that I want to be part of? Is it is it growing? Um, I actually think he, he, he's one of these people he likes variety in, yeah. in his CV and, and life's full about enriching your experiences. Look, I left the transport industry to work in logistics for, for a bit and after I came back to transport because I absolutely love it. But, but a loss, a loss probably. A great loss to the industry and another worry because, you know, where is the young talent coming into the industry? Well, I think that is a an interesting question. You're, you're a, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is you're a... You're a recruiter, I suppose, for your sins, or you fill a lot of jobs in the industry. And there are a lot of young or new to the industry, ambitious folk out there. I think all of the big owning groups have got graduate schemes now, and they probably take around 10 or so people each year. Well, so less and less as time it? moves on. Yeah, uh, well, there are people coming yeah. through. Um, and you know, I expect some of these people are wondering, how do I put my career on this trajectory that gets some of these decent jobs, you know? Well, I, I, this sounds like advertorial, and trust me, it's not. Um, I'm not being a cheeky chappy here, but sometimes it takes organisations like Flash Forward to actually unlock the potential and the awareness amongst these individuals that there is a career ladder and they can climb it, and if they can't climb it in their organisation, there are other organisations that, that they can flourish in. And we recruited in the last year quite a few what I'll call ops manager type roles. And it's a thankless task at times because there really isn't the talent in, in abundance out there. But the number of candidates we've unlocked that have said, 
I just didn't know how to go about doing this. Mm. And, and you, you know, you, you've kind of changed my life. Um, I was just, you know, stuck in stuck in a rut, really. Yeah. So I think, to some extent, the younger candidates, although you think it'd be easier with LinkedIn and networking and so on, I don't. I still don't think they've grasped how to get a new job yet. Well, is that because they they they're in an owning group or in a big organisation and they're scared to leave? Yeah, there's a bit of that, and you know we do get quite a lot of the time. You you get these people and they get job offers, and then you know the chief exec or or someone senior in the organisation says, "I don't know, we're going to promise you the earth, and we're going to put you on this fast track scheme, and you'll be the next MD in three or four years' time." And, and I've seen that happen. I've yeah. seen a lot of times. It's been empty promises, and, and I always say to people. You've got to think of a you know, wet Wednesday in February when you look out your office window. So how's I, the development program going? If I was a an AOM in Altrincham, Altrincham yeah. or Burnley or somewhere, yeah. and I was at the very start of my career, this was my first job. How do I build my CV so as that in when the time comes around, if it's ten or fifteen years, I can be in front of you know the main board? Of one of the big groups going for one of the MD jobs. What do I have to? What do I have to have done? Well, firstly, I think. I mean, you said an AOM or Area Ops Manager. I mean, it's good if you're in that position because a lot of organisations, and I found this in the logistics industry where I've worked, they seem to try and put young people in non-leadership yeah. roles early on. They, you know, yeah. in the old days when we were lads, um, they. You know, you'd really cut your teeth managing frontline staff. You know, I, I first few jobs of running customer complaints department for the Northern Line. They're managing the most militant people on London Underground. Yeah. But, you know, they used to put drawing pins on my chair when I sat down. The, <laughs> the union reps, we still do that now. Um, but and, and now it's the other way. They, they, they seem to want to create people, put them in cerebral type jobs and program management and analytical. I, th- I, I, to- I, I totally wrong. agree. Well, funny thing, I've got a personal anecdote yeah. on this because when I was one of those people I didn't think that I needed to do one of those jobs I was quite arrogant in my own thinking well one of the leadership roles yeah Yeah. one of the frontline AOM type jobs I thought what do I really need to go and do that for and the organization I was working for fortunately knew a lot better about what I needed than I did Um, and accordingly they plonked me into Camberwell Depot um, to do a you know front desk booking on clerks job for six months, and I learned more about about people, about buses, about operations, that you know things I Money never knew I that. had to learn. Yeah. And, they are, and, I, and I hate telling the story because it makes me sound like one of those old sages that I was so resistant against in the early part of my career. But the old sages telling me that I had to do one of those jobs were absolutely right. Yeah, that, and I have so many personal experiences that I had that helped me you know later on in my career from that time at, yeah you know four in the morning in, in in Camberwell Depot and I think anyone who who joins uh, a transport group has to do something like that and I agree with you you you, you often see on LinkedIn in various places um, you know people doing project coordinator this or you know the others you know yeah and some of the time these are non-jobs as well yeah. you know, if you didn't turn up the work would you know would people really notice I don't want to belittle them all but I think there is no substitute. And, the, and, you know, for those of us, those you look at some of the, the big names in, in, in bus and rail at the moment, most of them started that way. And there's always exceptions, but most of them started that way and well, have done their time. Well, the other key thing is commercial experience. You know, I've got a lot of people that I know have got commercial potential that want to be MDs or directors of companies, and they've just got operational experience. Mm. If you do not get some commercial experience, you will... You, you, 
not you will not, but you should not, be the managing director or chief executive of an organisation. You need experience commercially to balance operations experience and you need to get experience of running small P&Ls. It's no good sending in a CV that says, you know, my budget was, you know, 50 million, 500 million, whatever. Where have you been in a position where you've had to generate revenue? And it does. you don't need big examples of that. It can be a small project or a tiny P&L. You need to be in a position of demonstrating you've put bums on seats. Um, now, you can sort of do that by saying, well, you're responsible for the customer service proposition, and it's so great you have managed to put bums on seats. That will only take you so far. Mm. Commercial experience, utterly, utterly essential, mm. as well as leadership experience. So that's what you would be saying to those. I'd be saying to anyone who wants to do a job, one of these big jobs, an MD, regional MD, country MD, whatever it is, that you need to go and do your time now in the front line, um, and because that's where the biggest challenges are, and that's yes. where you get to understand the yeah. business. And, and my, my regret, I mean, I, I'm relatively pleased with how my career has panned out, but equally, you know, I've, I've, I've had some setbacks, and, and, and uh, you know, I'll never be as senior as, as a lot of people in the, in, in the transport industry. Um, my regret, perhaps, is not getting that commercial experience in the first five, five to ten years of mm, my mm. Of, of my career, and I, I think that helped me back. But anyway, we all live and learn. I think it would Life's be really, really interesting if there's anyone out there in this in this category, um, you know, in the early part of their career, just coming off a graduate scheme, who wants to come and talk about I'll what get, their career we'll aspirations, on, yeah, are, yeah. aspirations are. Come on, and because we'd love to talk to you. And hey, this would be a fantastic way to raise your profile if that was something you <laughs> wanted to do. But there are um, good, there are good people out there in the. You you know, I look at the young people in the bus industry, and and, and there are um, there, there are some good people out there. You've you've had your application, you've looked at it, you think it's the job for you. You're pulling your CV together. But if I'm if I'm putting my CV together, should I put pictures of it, like of me in front of a bus or a train? Is that going to make you want to recruit me? I tell you what, I mean, I am from a recruitment perspective. Of course, I'm totally and utterly objective, and and I've not seen clients be anything but objective. But there is a cynicism in me that thinks that it's not right to put pictures because I just think that people, the human nature is in the subconscious makes judgments mm. about you. And I'm not saying it's judgments is in, in a sort of race, uh, sorry, ethnicity or, you know, gender perspective. But, you know, I've seen people that have put really naff pictures of, you know, themselves around the house in the kitchen or, you know, in the pub with their mates um, or, or you know, having trying not to look spent, right on yeah, or yeah, trying to look right on her in a yeah. flash card, not having spent, you know, a little bit of money on a proper professional picture, and you just, you, you know, why detract from the value of your CV yeah. by this mugshot looking? And I tell you another thing, I don't think it's right is people putting references on or testimonials. Um, and don't get me started on another thing, which I'll come on to in a minute around its summaries at the beginning of CVs. But I just think the problem you've got is that again, I think recruiters are very objective but if you've got a reference from someone that is not good got a good reputation in the industry or if you're someone that you're looking at cv and you've fallen out with that person that someone's referenced i think human nature is such that you think you think less of the candidate yeah, it's going to give you less you of think, a do i want to recruit that person because he's best mates with the guy or, or person that i lady that i cannot stand yeah. um so i think that's a no-no testimonials 
you know, frankly, anyone can get that. You know, I could give you a tenner mark and you could say nice things about me. Yeah, it'd probably be 15 more likely. 15 more likely, thank you. Um, and I tell you the bit I can't stand in CVs, the bit at the beginning where it says, you know, I'm an exceptional leader of people and great charisma and interpersonal skills. Or when they talk about themselves in the third person, which we all know is the height of self centeredness <laughs> Pretentiousness. It is pretentious. And the bit at the beginning of CVs, I mean, I, I always say, you would say that. Yeah, you, and it's never right. I've yeah. seen the most introverted people call themselves the, the most charismatic, inspiring. Yeah, it's what you want to say rather than what you actually yeah. are. Save yeah. on that paragraph yeah. and put some actual tangible achievements that you've you've had in your career. Right, you got me on my soapbox there. Mark. Yeah, must edit my CV this afternoon. <laughs> I don't have bad. a picture. I've seen it a I don't have a picture. I don't think I do. Anyway, so what about when you get in the room? So have you done? I suppose you've you've travelled on the service and you've got some observations so demonstrate that you know what you're talking about would be yeah. a good start well, a lot think? of people I mean, don't I do that, do that. I yeah I think, I think it's absolutely obligatory yeah. I remember I once interviewing someone for a job as a uh, group station manager for um, London Termini stations when I was at South Eastern and the interview was across the road from Waterloo station I said to Candace, yeah, what, what research have you done and, and, and he said, well, I haven't really had time, Alex, you know, uh, I haven't managed to go around Waterloo Station. And you think yeah. you haven't even bothered. Yeah. But you do get that. You, you do. do. I've had it yeah. many, many times. And, it, and it's it's like instant uh, veto. Well, I'll tell you the lazy option now. People think that just by going on the company's social media and website and doing some research, that that constitutes pre-interview yeah. preparation. Yeah. I mean, that's the lazy option. Yeah. Get on the buses or trains. Um, I remember, sorry, I'm really boring you now. I once went for a job managing 250 railway stations as a director of a train company. And uh, and I did a uh, I did a business plan for every single station, from your unmanned halts to your biggest, you know, 15 platform stations. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any substitute for that. No, I, I totally agree. And you can, uh, you know, when you are interviewing someone, you can sniff... You sniff, you get, if you haven't done it, you're yeah. going to get instantly yeah, yeah, sniffed yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Because you're opposite the other side of the table, someone yes. who knows their onions in a great level of detail. Yes. And if you don't, or if you try to wing it, you're going to get found out straight away. Which reminds me, you once interviewed me about four or five years ago for a big consultancy piece of work, didn't I did. you? I just hope my interviewing skills were, were good enough before I go around lecturing other people. I think it was well, in a coffee shop in London. It was, yeah, yeah, I remember it. I remember thinking you were an interesting chap, but not sure I'd trust you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but here we are. So that's. I think interviews are are absolutely critical part of of the preparation for the interview is absolutely critical. Yeah. And and I think and, and, and people do not. this in the interview. I know you might yeah, think yeah. Oh, I'm waffling here, but I tell you another thing. I really can't stand when you're on an interview panel. We we all tire of it. People they just can't get to the point. Yeah. And they read off every single bullet on a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole point of, of PowerPoint slides are you know summarise your yeah, yeah, what you're you going to do. Speak. Yeah. Succinct, succinct, succinct. Absolutely. So Alex is definitely not in favour of too much waffle. You heard it here first, folks. What about, so out out there, there are, you know, does any magazine do like the top ten or top five up-and-coming people? Like, well, yeah, they have. A, so, a, yeah, a magazine called Transit did 40 under 40. I was on it, and it was many years ago, many yikes. years ago, I'd say, yeah. Uh, um, I'd probably be on 40, what number 40 losers you? now. 39. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, I do, you cheeky so-and-so. Um, so, yeah, they do. And we did a piece for, I think it was Passenger Transport, a few years ago um, around sort of rising stars in the industry. And we're, we're due to do another one quite soon. Um, and I love it. It's my sort of, I know I'm a bit weird, though, sort of reflecting in the bath moment of, you know, who, who would be on the top 40. Yeah. 
um, well, I think it's shakers. really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think someone should do it. I don't know whether. Well, I suppose you've got to get the balance. Forty is like that's a that's a lot. Of yeah, people. yeah, yeah. Like once you get into like thirty odd, I could do. You're I, probably I, there's always five names. You're in the grass. Well, okay, you five. five. Have you got, got five? Yeah, yeah. They're always on my okay, mind. Okay, all right. You want me to go through them? Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. I say someone. Well, you've got the Alex Hornby's. If we're talking bus, you've got the Alex Hornby's and Martin Gilbert. Yeah. Say no more about those. Yeah. Um, other people are really impressive. Matt Davis, do you know? You yeah, know Matt? know of. Uh, managing Director Stagecoach in Yorkshire. Um, I did some a training course for his team a few weeks ago, and, and God, they were in awe of him. You know, he's mm-hmm. a great leader, obsessed with customer service. Um, another one from Stagecoach, another Matt, Matt Kitchen. Yeah. Um, ops director Manchester. Yeah. Um, not afraid to get into a, t- a Twitter spat. No, not it's afraid to get in a good Twitter spat and, and, and defend Put that the, on the his CV. He's a top Put man. So, so Matt um, was at first in a commercial role. He was on the graduate training scheme. Then you know ran Southern Vectors. Great guy. And then of course there's the Cheshire Cat. There's Ben Wakerley, <laughs> yes. um, MD of, of, of Network Warrington. Yeah. Um, unsung hero. Really doing great things. Um, Used to work for many years ago, uh, been at National Express and a belly over first. Uh, and then there's a, a very quiet, quiet but hugely intelligent, really good leader that you know and I know called David Bradford at National Express, the commercial yeah. director, yeah. Who, who you don't see much from in the trade press. But he just gets on and does a really, really good job. Um, mark my words, those five people will make it to the very, very top of the transport industry, in my view. Yeah, but, well, I think I think so we should, or someone should, pull this list together, probably. And do rail as well. And, of course, yeah. we'll, we'll oh, talk about well, rail we'll next, time. next time. Yeah. Um, and do, like, 15 to 20 top. Because yeah. so, I think people want to people know. It's useful oh, yeah, it for is. the individual's profile, and it's useful for people to know who's who. Yes, so um, let's, let's, let's do that. And then in future podcasts, we'll do, we'll do rail, I think. And so what, what other... Problems do you face when you're trying to recruit for these roles? Then? Well, not really problems, sort of challenges as such. Well, sometimes you get this situation where candidates are really, really keen on the job early doors, and then you just don't hear from them. And, and it even has situations where however hard you probe and you interview someone, sometimes they want to blow out the last minute, and, and sometimes it's down to that, you know, they've talked to their loved ones and said, yeah, I don't really right. want you to move, yeah. or the job's not right. I mean, you kind of understand that. I mean, to really get on in the industry these days, I mean, this is a very global world we live in sorry not it's not been global but um there are so many opportunities overseas and people are looking for more and more overseas experience so if you're someone that that has no ties or has ties but you know has the freedom to relocate or stay away in the week or just travel more you will you can elevate yourself yeah you will i mean you've you're an international yeah, man, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose I had. Yeah, I had. A, I had an opportunity, um, you know, and I and I took it. And, it, and yeah, it, it does come at a, a price, but I hope it it turns out to be an investment. It is so tricky what, what to did, juggle. What did you all do that. when you? Well, we we were when I was working uh, my previous uh, employer, we uh, we looked into opportunities in the Middle East, and so I moved out there for what well, ended up being around three and a half, four years, um, and you know, big life changes, lots of travel and domestic challenges, and all of that. You know, is is part of the pot that you have to mix into before you make a decision. But ultimately, I do think you know those big decisions pay off for people. I'd encourage anyone who's thinking about doing it, if they can make it all work. I think uh, one, it's a fantastic experience working in different cultures. Um, you know, did your wife go with you? She did. Uh, she she did eventually, not in the in the early stages. And how was that then? 
Um, did you get homesick? No, no, no. We were working so hard that it, it yeah. was. There was so it was every ten days. You used to come yeah, home. yeah. It was. It would depend, but it was. Yeah, it was maybe two weeks when we were when we were bidding. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's really hard, and and the situation has to be has to be right for people. Um, but but I would you know encourage anyone to think seriously about those opportunities because you just end up getting so much more colour in your experiences, and it helps wherever you are, whatever you're doing to 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 have you know reference points that are different from 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 what happens in this country. I still work uh, overseas now, um, and I find it you know I find it extremely extremely fulfilling. Um, so yeah, take, take I mean it is a truism that if you've got you know ten CVs in front of you, you know a an MD of a transport company CV looks very like another MD of a transport company CV or director or senior manager. But if you've got that international dimension, then yeah. then yeah. that that is the bit that will give you a real service difference differentiator as such so yeah. fair play to you at this, at this rate uh, Mark I might even put you on the list of the uh, you know the top 10 people in the transport industry I rising be number stars. one dream on <laughs> okay. thanks for listening